What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. Why not make it part of your daily routine, make it your first listen Every day is Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show was the final installment of our Locked On Blazers countdown to tip-off. We're running through every player on the roster, and we finally got into the ends. We give you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers this season. We start by looking at how they performed last season. We talk best and worst case scenarios, and we finish up the show talking expectations and role on this upcoming team, on this this year's squad. If you missed the others, check your podcast feed or if you're a YouTube watcher, uh, there is a playlist, season previews, all of them right there waiting for you. Catch up today. It's 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 a good place, uh, jumping off place if you are getting excited about the season or getting new to, you know, trying to get caught up on what's going on with the team as the season approaches. You were listening to Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday, October 13th show. Uh, as this premieres, we are a week away, let's just, you know, six days away from the beginning of the season, the opening night. So you got time to catch up. These are all like 25 minutes long. You can listen to a bunch of them in a row, but it's a great place to to, uh, if you're a new listener to get caught up or if you are trying to share the podcast with someone or if you just want to get ready to think about the season, it's a great place to do it. Make sure you check those out. Today, we're setting our watches, making sure that they are timed right for a franchise pillar. It's time to talk about Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard last season averaged 24.0 points, 7.3 assists, and 4.1 rebounds in 36.4 minutes a night across 29 games. He shot 40.2% from the floor, 32.4% from three, and 87.8% from the free throw line. He appeared in 29 of the Blazers' first 35 games before his season ended. But he wasn't himself. Basically, from night one, he was not himself. In training camp, Damon Lord told reporters that he felt as good as he'd ever had, as healthy as he'd been in years. The abdominal injury that was clearly a problem when he was playing for the Olympic team in July, he'd had, you know, a month or so off, he'd gotten married, he'd gone on his honeymoon, he'd just gotten a off the basketball court, and that amount of rest and that time away from the court, his body was feeling good told reporters as much in, in, in the preseason. But he clearly, clearly, clearly was not himself. In fact, this is a guy who averaged, you know, 28 and 8 previous seasons. He didn't crack the 30-point mark until a month into the season, game 17 on the calendar. He averaged 28, 30 points as an extra bucket one random night. For Dame, it took nearly a month to hit that figure. He missed... A chunk of five games to try to get right. Missed another one late in December, or excuse me, in the middle of December. And then a season finally came to an end. On December 31st, following a 33-point loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, Damian Lillard decided his season was done. At the time, the Blazers were 13-22, and which meant two things. One, it spoke to how much Dame had struggled. He just wasn't himself. You know, a lot of guys would be excited to average 24-4-7, but Lillard, one of the game's best shooters, shooting below 33% from three, shooting just 40% from the floor, and just not looking like the explosive, you know, left-hand drive monster that we are accustomed to seeing. He wasn't himself. He was not right, which 
it explains why the Blazers were nine games below uh, below 500. But the record also suggests why Dame was willing to accept the direction that this surgery was going to mean. Uh, two weeks later, on January 13th, he had surgery to ad- address the abdominal injury that he had been dealing with for at least four years, the way he tells it, four, you know, four plus seasons, four and a half years, uh, a tightening of, of his core, as he would call it, uh, later described as a sports hernia the size of a baseball just above his groin. Yeah, like a wild physical discomfort on a guy who had a had a 30 point per game season one year with the Blazers. A truly special talent robbed of of what makes him special by an, an injury that finally caught up with him in his 31st his 31st year on this fine planet. There were some whispers that when Dame went out that Oh, he could maybe come back. But the implications of him deciding to get surgery when he did in December and with the Blazers record, what it was, was that this team was going to head in the other direction. Instead of pursuing the playoffs, they were going to pursue holding on to their lottery pick and drafting high in the following draft. Six weeks after, there was some an update that, oh, maybe Dame could, you know, he's progressed through the first part of first part of the of the rehab and he's going to get back and do some some work on the court. Again, whispers that he might return. But he never did. He didn't return in late March and April and, and the final weeks of the season, a season that the Blazers were, you know, aggressively losing at that point. There was really no reason for him to return. It was mostly just maybe optimism or, um, I don't know, <laughs> the need to draw interest, draw up interest in a team that had lost 21 of its final 23 games. Hey, maybe Dame will come back. Tune in. But Damian Lord didn't go anywhere. In fact, on July 29th, nearing the end of free agency, Dame signed a two-year, $122 million max contract extension, a deal that includes a $66 million player option for the 2026-2027 season. Assuming Dame picks that up, and he will, it would keep Dame in Portland for the first 15 seasons to begin his career should he play out the remainder of that contract as a member of the Trailblazers. That's a decade and a half rocking the pinwheel. A decade and a half as the, if not the best player in franchise history, certainly on there on Mount Rushmore. At worst, Damian Lillard is the third best player in franchise history. At best, he's the greatest Blazer of all time. And by the time he were to play out this contract, he'll be at the top of every meaningful record in the Blazers' record book. Minutes points games played uh he's going to he's likely going to pass Clyde Drexler as the franchise's all-time leading score before the calendar flips this season uh sometime there's a chance this year but uh, but but certainly next season if he's if he's around and and you know under contract for five more years will be the franchise franchise's all-time leader in assists as well he will be the most prolific trailblazer ever if he plays out this contract. It won't be close. He will have his name in every every longevity record, every major record. It will say Damian Lord at the top. If it, You might still be debating what best blazer of all time means, but you won't be debating over who is the blazer, the franchise guy, the icon, someone who they will straight up, if they're still doing that in 2027 or whenever he retires, 2035, Building a building a statue for him. But this show isn't about what Dame did in the past or what Dame will do in the future. These player previews are about what Dame will do next season. In the second segment, I want to talk about best and worst case scenarios for Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. in the 2022-2023 season. That's what we'll do 
to, uh, to uh, that's what we'll do in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than ever before. More lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else. It's football season. Um, it's about to be basketball season, so get ready. We're less than a week away. But right now, we're in the heart of the NFL season, the heart of college football season. That means all weekend long, Saturdays and Sundays, if you want to get in on gridiron action, you can do that. The NHL season just just got underway. The NBA season is less than a week away from being here, so you can get action on that too. If you want to bet on soccer, it's happening all over the globe, even as the North American soccer leagues wrap up their season. You also got golf, you got tennis, you got combat sports. Whatever it is, you're going to find it on Bet Online. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Talking best and worst case scenarios for Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard. As a caveat, as we do it this time, this is best case scenario within reason and worst case scenario without injury. We're talking about what's a reasonable best case scenario. Dame's pretty high, higher than higher than certainly others that we've done in the same space. And worst case scenario without getting hurt. We're talking about what happens on the basketball court. Damian Lillard, as it is for star players, has an extremely, let me say that again, extremely narrow window of what best and worst case scenario looks like. So what's the best case scenario for Damian Lillard? So the average... He averages 29-8, and eight, shoots 40% from three, and he's one of the best five offensive players in the league. The best case scenario is that he's a borderline MVP candidate, a shoe-in all-star, and guides the Blazers to an easy top-five offense while sprinkling in a little more off-ball terror than he, we've seen him in the past. The best case scenario is that Damian Lillard is the force you remember from the last time he was fully healthy. The best case scenario is that Damian Lillard, at age 32, isn't that much different from Damian Lillard at age 30. The best case scenario is this guy, who has been that good, still that same guy. The best case scenario is Dame is Dame. and We don't really talk much about him. We just say, wow. <laughs> couple wows in there, a couple okays in there, and a couple magic late game moments. The best case scenario from Damian Lillard is that he's the Damian Lillard that you have come to expect a statue for. Like I said, the worst case scenario is so dang narrow. What's the worst? What's, so what does the worst case look like? It's the Dame averages 26 and 6. Shoots 34% from three and is simply one of the 15 best offensive players in the league. The worst case scenario is that Lillard doesn't necessarily jive with the more off-ball role that Chauncey Billups' offense has presented him this season and that the offense sputters from top five to something like 14th. The best, or excuse me, the worst case scenario is that Damian Lillard is not the Dame you remember, but simply a very good basketball player. The worst case scenario is that Damian Lord is not in the MVP discussion, but more like a borderline all-star for a team that is not as good as they once were. The worst case scenario for Damian Lord is that he is just succumbs a little bit to, to aging in a year off and it takes him a while to get going. And by the time he finds his rhythm, the Blazers are scrambling to get back into the hunt. The worst case scenario for Damian Lord is, is a type of season most players work all their life for. But that is the, that is the sort of the subtlety, the magic, the specialness of what makes great players great. 
is that the best case scenario is 29 and 8, and the worst case scenario is 26 and 6. It's narrow. The difference will be in the margins. The difference will be subtle, but the difference will be dramatic. So instead of spending a big chunk of time and a big uh, amount of energy figuring out where the walls are for Dame, figuring out where the poles are for Dame. So the best case scenario is, is intended to find, you know, the high-end outcome and the low-end outcome with the idea that players will fall in between. Dame's going to land in between. He's not going to have a 30 and 10 season. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just very unlikely. The only year he did that, they needed, um, you know, they played fewer games and he had a heroic, um, heroic run in the, uh, in the bubble, uh, a unique setting to be sure, but he's not going to fall off a cliff. This dude isn't going to average 17 points per game. He's too damn good for that. So we know it's narrow. I want to talk about role and expectations. I want to skip ahead to the final segment of this show because for me, Dame's expectations in many ways mirror the Blazers' chances. It is the burden of being a franchise pillar is that your success will in many ways determine the success of the team, the success of the franchise, and perhaps even the direction and of the franchise moving forward. So let's fast forward. Let's skip ahead. Let's go to that third segment and talk about realistic expectations for Dame and his Portland Trailblazers. Join me in the third segment, won't you? Still a pass for his point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. We're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We are still talking Damian Lillard. As I mentioned, the expectations for Damian Lillard are perhaps best understood as the expectations for the franchise. If Dame slips towards something that looks like the worst case scenario, if he is merely a slightly above average three-point shooter who's averaging 26 and six, the Blazers might struggle. Why Dame has been so special over the last half decade, right? Like when he stepped into this in the post-Lamarcus era at this echelon that he's, you know, we just, the Blazer fans just haven't seen a player of this caliber since Drexler, right? Where he's just like, oh, this is one of the 10 best players in the league. We've got a chance because this dude wears the jersey. Dame has been a, a positive player, a net positive player, because he has been a tremendous and elite offensive force. During that same stretch, He's been a bad defensive player, pretty consistently a bad defensive player. I think he made um, improvements, like he was worse prior to the 2018-19 season on defense than than he was after. Like he 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 was um, super duper bad, and then he he um, progressed a little bit. But I would say even his last fully healthy season, he was a bad defensive player, no bones about it. Not a good, not a defensive talent. And at age 32, and in year 10, and all of those things, the idea that he's going to progress and be something like an average defensive player is silly, and it's not what you're asking of Damian Lillard. It is not the ask. Very importantly, it's not, it is, it is not, neither the expectation nor the request is that he, like, takes this massive step forward on defense. It would be silly to think that he could. It would be silly to ask him to do so. What makes Dame so special is that he was one of the five best offensive players in the world, an offense all unto himself, an absolute force. That if he had the ball, if you rolled the ball out and said, Dame, go get it, he could go get it, and you would be a top 10 
if not straight up a top five offense because Damian Lillard was there. That is what made Dame so special. He was a net positive player because he was one of the best offensive players in the league every single year. So if he is not quite that, as I said, if, if the pendulum swings a little towards the worst case scenario, then the Blazers might struggle. Last year, the Blazers roster felt stale. This season, it feels fragile. And I think the sort of expectations in the pendulum for Dame speak to that fragility. Their margin for error is just super, super thin. They don't have a ton of NBA bodies, like like quality NBA bodies on this team. They've got probably seven plus you could count on. Um, I think Nazir Little struggles in the preseason make you feel like it's 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 not eight. Um, it's, uh, but if you're assuming that Gary Payton and Justice Winslow get healthy, you got you got seven plus Nazir Little that you can that you can count on. That's like not quite enough to field a quality NBA team. So in some ways, there's even more pressure on Dame to be the elite of the elite. There is even more pressure on him to show up and look like the Damian Lord of old and say, it's cool. If I'm out here, we're going to be one of the top five offenses in the league. If I'm out here, defenses have to pay so much attention to me that everyone else can eat. If I'm out here, it's it is just it's easy picking on the on the weak side. If you can spot up and get open, I will find you because they have to commit a second defender and they have to commit a third defender as a helpline defender to to get there. Like run a pick and roll, I've got you know minimum eight eyeballs on me. We'll be fine. But if Dame isn't a top five offensive player, if he's you know, a top 10 offensive player, a top 15 offensive player in the league, still one of the best offensive players in the NBA, right? Like still absolutely one of the best offensive players in the NBA. But if he's more like Devin Booker, where it's like, yeah, that dude's awesome. He's really good. Um, he's really hard to guard and all of those things. Then the Blazers might struggle because the, they are, do not appear to have the personnel to be a good defensive team. Damian Lord is a bad defensive player. Amphrey Simons is a bad defensive player. Josh Hart is miscast as a small forward. Their path to being really good is to leaning is leaning into their strengths. And their strengths are what the franchise pillar does well. He's a bucket. And if Damian Lord remains at a bucket at the highest of highest levels, they're going to have a puncher's chance to be to be really good. You think that they've upgraded their, you know, in theory they've upgraded me. And maybe you don't think. I don't want to put, put those words in your mouth, thoughts in your head. In theory, they've upgraded their defensive personnel, but even if they have, um, I don't think they have the depth and the right type of defenders to avoid putting some negative defenders on the court basically at all times. Uh, Damon and Ant are going to play a bunch of minutes together. If you do that, you're going to you're going to struggle on defense. It's just the reality of it. The way the Blazers are good this year is that uh, they make some trades to rebound the roster, but more realistically, like they're just an elite offensive team. And that's the expectations for Dame. That is the burden that he carries, is that this team has its flaws, and its flaws mirror his flaws in some in, in those ways. Like, they're, they're not a very good defensive team, in part because their number one guy is not a very good defensive player, and you, gotta, you, you build with what you have, you work with what you have. But he is an elite offensive player at his peak, and their path to being really good is having that elite offense yet again. It feels a little bit fragile, like I said. It feels it feels more fragile than it has in the past. It's kind of the nature of a guy entering year 10. 
You saw it in year six and seven and eight and nine or six, seven and eight before he got hurt. It's like, this dude is so good. This is the, this is the prime of one of the best players in the league. Dame is entering the backside of his prime. For through the best players in the league, the prime is extended into their middle 30s, to be certain. I don't think Dame's going to fall off a cliff, like I said. I think the worst case scenario is 26 and 6. But that fragility, the difference in being one of the five best offensive players in the league to one of the 15 best players in the offensive players in the league, is maybe the difference in the Blazers being like a team that is competitive for the playoffs versus a team that is like very very clearly a play-in team or below. It is unfair to place the burden of success at the feet of Damian Lillard and say, oh, well, they'll go as far as he takes them. It is also the burden that franchise players carry and someone like Dame who has very much tied himself and his identity and his branding to this team and to this city and, and you know, to the to the Portland Trailblazers, it is the burden that he has accepted and, and fr- quite frankly, has to carry. That's how this works. So, I don't have a prediction for necessarily where the pendulum swings. For Dame, it's going to la- land squarely in the middle of a very, very narrow hallway. A very, very narrow channel. But the Blazers' margin for error is that thin. The difference in them being good, competitive, fun, and enjoyable, and woof, another tough loss, you know, a, a 39-win team, is probably similarly razor thin. In a brutal Western Conference, the difference in winning 44 games and being right there in, in you know, uh, in 6-7 versus winning 41 games and being right there in... Eight, nine, ten. It's three nights. It's three nights. It's a couple bad bounces. It's all of those things. The difference in the Blazers being really good and being kind of not so good is Damian Lord being the fifth best offensive player in the league and the eleventh best offensive player in the league. Hard for me to call where the pendulum lands, but I know that the subtle differences that I can't detect or predict will define how this season goes. An unfair burden, but also the realistic burden of what it means to be a franchise pillar in a market like this, on a team like this, that has built a roster such as they have. I want to say this, too. I've been pretty negative on this show recently because I have watched the Blazers play and they haven't been very good, and I like to keep it real. When I see them play poorly, I call it like it is. But the reason to be a Blazers fan... The reason to be a fan of any sports team is to allow yourself to be hopeful and to enjoy the special things. Damon Lord is the special thing about the Portland Trailblazers. The fun part of the season is watching an all-time great ply his trade for the team you love. So if you are able, and many of you are, and don't need this pep talk, but I've seen the comments, I've read the tweets. If you are able, allow yourself to appreciate how darn good Damian Lillard is and appreciate the moments when he is the best player on the floor because sports, life, is fleeting. Hold on to your joy. 
And if Damian Lillard, who, if you're a Blazer fan, has brought you more joy than anyone else over the last decade, hold on to the moments when you can enjoy how special he is. Allow yourself to be hopeful that he is still that guy. Because, quite frankly, he might be. He, and he probably is. And if he isn't, he's still going to be one of, one of the special ones. Because he's that good. And he has been that good. And after surgery and a bunch of six months to get his body and his mind right, he has a chance to go into the season and kind of steer this thing. And watching him steer this thing is the fun part the fun part about rooting for this team. So allow yourself a moment as we head into the season to be excited about what that means. To watch Dame in the winter when it's dark and rainy in Portland and say, "Hey, this dude makes this dude makes November through February a whole lot more fun." Hold on to your joy. Hold it close. Never know when things change. That's going to do it for today's show. Uh, like I said, uh, this is the final. We've this is all fourteen players I've previewed in the player previews. Um, if you haven't listened to the others, go back and listen to them. Listen to the Shaden Sharp one. Listen to the Anthony Simons, to the Nazir Littles, the Jeremy Grant. Everybody's got an episode in there. Uh, if you're a YouTube listener, there's a big playlist. If you are a podcast listener, it, they're in your feed. They're labeled Portland Trailblazers season previews. You'll be able to find them. Also, do me a favor. Come back for Friday show. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. Uh, we're doing over unders. Uh, a listener, Ben, sends him in, and I, I bring my friend Chuck on, and we go through over-unders predicting the season ahead. It's it's seriously one of the most fun episodes of the year. Do not miss it. That'll be Friday's show. We'll have more shows next week and the beginning of the NBA regular season. I love it. I love this time of year. I love the NBA. I'm so excited meaningful basketball games are back, and I'm so excited to be sharing my enjoyment of it with you, dear listener. So tell your friends. Tell them to come in and, and come come and share the enjoyment, share the excitement, share the fun of, of Locked on Blazers, of Locked on NBA, of, of, of the NBA at large. Tell your friends about this podcast. Available wherever they get show, uh, podcasts, also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.